ஓம் சகனாவது சகனவுனக்து சக வீரியங்கரவாவகை தேஜஸ்வினாவதீதமஸ்துமாவிஷாவகை ஓம் ஷாந்திஷாந்திஷாந்திஷ்ரிணியாமேவாதிரம் பசேமாஷிரைரங்கைஸ்துஷ்டுவாசனூ வியமேவிதையதாயுஸ்தினோவிரோவிரோபிரஸ்பதிர்தூஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷாஷ
they are just sitting there. This happens in the Anikatti ashram also where Pujya Swamiji teaches. Lot of dogs come and sit regularly. And you know, and one of them, a long time ago, one of them used to go and sit in that. There was a chair which was covered with cloth, you know, that, that uh, pita, you know, that, that platform that was covered with cloth on all sides. And the dog would sneak in just before Swamiji came. He would go and sneak and sit inside along with a cat. And the cat and the dog could not stand each other the rest of the time. But during class time, not a peep came out of them. Both of them were underneath, side by side. That's the only time they sat together. You know? Some buddies from some... And one time everybody said, you know, everybody was trying to shoo the dog and the cat outside. And Pujya Swamiji said, perhaps it's a Brahmachari who lost the way from the last life. <laughs> Let it be. Let them be. Correct? Yeah. So that you know, humsam advaita vasana, that, that, the smell of advaita, it's like a bloodhound, one is like a bloodhound. That smell of advaita doesn't go life after life. That scent one follows. But so what is the use? If the correct upadhi is not there, you may follow many scents. But it doesn't make any sense, you know, to follow the scents. Doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Because one doesn't have the appropriate sukshma sharira to imbibe this knowledge. One doesn't have. And therefore, in the light of this understanding, when you see that the human life is, is blessed, in, in, in an immediate way the animal seems to be blessed. Why? Because the animal doesn't have a complex centered around the self and it is called mukta, meaning already free. And it may seem initially more blessed than I, but really speaking, the human body is very blessed because it is that complex that one cannot stand. You see? Mm -hmm. The complex centered on the I, I cannot stand. And I want to make, uh, do, to do everything to dismiss this complex. From plastic surgery onwards, you know, because the complex is centered on the body, centered on the mind. So from therapy to yoga to plastic surgery to from, you know, bhoga to yoga, I have tried everything. And that's why one is an old soul. Why is one an old soul? Because it has been around, unsuccessfully trying to eliminate this complex. But since the complex is based on wrong information, the complex cannot be eliminated until the information is set correct, correct? The information has to be set correct. And what is that wrong information? I am finite, I, therefore I am bound, I am as big as the body, I am as small as the mind, I am limited to the senses. This is what the understanding is. So this misidentification is the wrong information. The wrong information is nothing but the internalized misidentification based on the body-mind-sense complex. And to correct that you need a means of knowledge. You cannot stand on your head and hope that it will be spontaneously corrected. It cannot. The correction requires a connection. A connection to oneself and a connection to a, a, a commitment to knowing what is the correct thing. Because, you know, action cannot undo this notion. Action and notion have nothing to do with one another. If the ocean of samsara was real, then you could do karma. You could take out, you know, take out the ocean with buckets. You know, take the one bucket of water, pour it there, another bucket, pour it there, and eventually maybe you can empty out the ocean. But here, since the ocean is a notion, all one needs is this knowledge. And so therefore, in the light of this, when you see this uh, Ashvalayana, Ashvalayana sage's reflections, uh, you see that it has the, the knowledge he is able to see exactly as it was given. And you see in these, you know, succeeding reflections that we just have finished uh, studying, that the, the, he, he's, he has received it exactly as it was given. He has not peppered it with his own ideas. He is not saying, I am going to bring this into fashion, I am going to chop the tail off and then put it on the head and then have a few other things and mix and match and then call it, you know, Vedanta trademark with a little R in the circle, you know. 
and charge people to breathe. Call it samkriya and charge people to breathe. Air is free, so far at least, and in the future <laughs> we may have to pay a breathing tax, I don't know. And air is free, breathing happens involuntarily, and then one charges so much money to just breathe. It is really something. So, so Ashwalayana is not doing that. In fact, whatever the teacher says, he is repeating in his own words to show how he has understood. And so this is, and even though he doesn't say this, what he, when, he, the, when he reflects upon the knowledge, you can see a certain, you know, uh, thrill in him. You can see that happiness, I am everything. Everything is in me, but I am not any one thing. I am the whole. There is, you know, what sleeping state, what waking state, what dreaming state, it's all just myself alone. We need a human buddhi to be able to see this. You know, cow buddhi will not, you know, you, you can't even ask the cow to repeat Om. It will reverse it and say, Ma, M, O, it will make it instead of O, M, you know. <laughs> it, so, so what is the use, you know? It won't, it, it cannot do anything, it cannot understand. So here the human upadhi, the human form is the only form in which the knowledge can take place. That is why it's the most exalted form. And that is why the form, the human birth, rare as it is, must not be wasted. What do you mean it's rare? Seven billion people, it's not rare. It is rare. <laughs> it is rare compared to the number of other species. Yeah. It's very rare. You know, and jantunam narajanma durlabham. Difficult among all the creatures to get a human birth. And having got the human birth, this pumsam advaita vasana, that is again difficult. Because only in the last, you, everybody keeps searching. That's why one is born life after life, correct? Yeah. So everybody keeps searching what's the big deal about being a seeker. No, but to seek in the right place, in the right way, at the right time, that's a big grace. Durlabham trayame vaitat deva anugraha hetukam manushyatvam mumukshutvam mahapurusha samshrayaha. Three things are very difficult to find. One is human birth, we've already talked about that. Then jignasa is very difficult to find. The desire not just for freedom, but the desire for knowledge. Knowledge, it's not just freedom. Everybody wants freedom. The person who is listening to rock music is also wanting to be free. You know, the person who is going to the movies all the time and spending all the time in the mall and being a bhogi is also wanting to be free. The yogi is also wanting to be free. What's the difference? The difference is that the yogi has understood I have to study. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only difference. Otherwise both sound the same. Bhogi, yogi, yeah. Both of them are seeking. Bhogi seeks the infinite in finite places. First of all, doesn't even know I am seeking the infinite. The yogi seeks the infinite by seeing that this whole seekership is itself a superimposition upon myself. And that seeking, you have to, you, you know, there is a means and discrepancy in the seeking itself. I have to correct that. And for this, I need a pramana, I need a means of knowledge. I cannot figure this out by myself, I cannot fathom this. I need the teachings, I need a teacher, that is a yogi, who has given a proper channeling to this seeking, a proper direction to the pursuit, that's the yogi. Otherwise the bhogi also seeks. So then, devanugraha hetukam, manushyatvam mumukshutvam, and then finally the gain of the teacher, mahapurusha samshrayaha. And here the Ashwalayana, the sage, has showed us how he is blessed in all three ways. Mm -hmm. Having a human body, having the desire for the knowledge, you know, submitting to the teacher, gaining this knowledge, and then being able to shine as the very form of the knowledge. In no other branch of knowledge, you become what you, you, you know, you, you study. You know, you're studying botany, and then after a few years of studying botany, you go green. No, just like the leaves that you're studying. No, never happens. 
you teach microbiology and then you crawl into class because you have become micro, a, a microbe. No. Only here, because the I is non-separate from the whole, the subject matter is the same as the giver of the knowledge, is the same as the receiver of the knowledge, the subject matter is the object of which is to know Bhagavan as the truth of oneself. So the teacher is non-separate from the knowledge, the taught is non-separate from the knowledge, the text is non-separate from the knowledge. So it is that's why he is able to say Brahma Advayam Ahamasmi, this non-dual Brahman. I am alone and that's why he's also able to say the Vedas alone proclaim that the true purpose of the Veda is to know oneself. There is no other purpose. There is no other purpose at all. The only thing that the Veda offers is self-knowledge. All the rest of the rituals and, and uh, all those things are just for the sake of gaining preparation for this self-knowledge. That's why Anekaihi Vedaihi Ahameva Vedyaha and then the Punya Papa is dismantled and I am the creator of the Vedas, I am the one taught by the Vedas, I am the teacher, I am the taught, I am not the body-mind-sense complex, I am not subject to birth, not subject to death and I, I, see the, I see the macro as well as the micro as a superimposition upon that endless consciousness, that limitless consciousness which is myself alone. So having said this now, Ashvalayana stops to take a breath and the Shruti intervenes and this is called Phalashruti. What kind of Shruti is Phalashruti? You know, Phalashruti means what will I get out of studying this Upanishad? Yeah, who is, is this for Ashwalayana's sake? No. Who is, it is for our sake. Yeah. It is so that we understand, as though it was not enough to see Ashwalayana's testimony, testimony of the knowledge, as though it wasn't enough to know what all one gets, in case one forgot. This is a classical ending to everything, is Phalashruti. Let us read. Evam viditva paramatma rupam guha shayam nishkalam advitiyam samasta sakshim sadasad vihinam samasta sakshim sadasad vihinam prayati shuddham paramatma rupam so, evam viditva. Evam means anena prakarena viditva. Viditva having known. Evam. Evam means knowing only in this manner. Meaning any other manner of knowing that I am part of God, I am a little bit odd, I am not God, I am because, I am not cause, I am small, I am not all. This is not the way to know. The way to know is exactly how you were taught. Not that you are a spark of God, you are a part of God, you are an adjective to God. All this is not, not the knowledge. So learning the teaching exactly how it was given. And how was it given? You are that witness. First we start with the body-mind-sense complex. You are the witness of the body-mind-sense complex. You are a visitor in the states of waking, sleep and dream. And not only are you the visitor of the three states of waking, sleep and dream, those states are time-bound. You are the timeless visitor because you are able to name the states. You are able to observe the states. The timeless alone can observe anything that is time-bound. This also one was taught. And then after that one was taught what? One was taught that you are that who is the author of the states, the creator of the, the states have come out of you. And not only the individual waking experience, but the waking world also you sustain. You are not just the creator of the sleeping experience, but the unmanifest Jagat you sustain. And you are not just the creator of the dream experience, the individual dreamer. The whole world of manifestations, the potential to manifest, comes out of you, is sustained by you, resolves into you. And then, you know, this is how one was taught. And so, everything falls into you. Everything uh, falls into you. You unfold as that tapestry, that timeless tapestry that contains all the timed, um, uh, time-bound embroideries. 
you are that surface over which the entire jagat stretches and you are the timeless canvas upon which the entire jagat you know rolls out its sob story you are that which is free from all the hankies and buckets you don't need because you are not touched you are shiva sada shiva you are chaitanya matra chin matra you are sada shiva nothing touches you everything is folded into you you are the only thing that doesn't fold up you just unfold everything folds so you see you endlessly unfold everything folds as it were into you and what is the nature of this everything that that everything is non separate from you but you are separate from everything that everything depends on you but you are independent of everything that everything is just a shadow you are the light you have the privilege to cast the shadow and if you know don't know this you are afraid of your own shadow <laughs> that's what happens you become like a child you know afraid of its own shadow so you become afraid of your own shadow if you don't know this and if you know this what happens you say mayeva sakalam jatam mai sarvam pratishthitam mai sarvam layam yati tasmad brahmadvayam aham so everything you know arises out of me everything sustained by me everything resolves into me that's what that's when you can say this so even though the this and the i are initially seen as separate the this has to fold and be resolved into the i the i there is nothing to resolve yeah the i is free of resolution why or dissolution because it is limitless it is timeless it's the only thing that always was is and will be existent so this evam gnatva evam viditva in this manner knowing not any other half hearted knowing not a little portion of god i am and i should worship god otherwise i'll feel odd not all these things worship is is valid but on a different level we'll come to that and so all this you know evam anena prakarena gnatva viditva what paramatma roopam what are we understanding here the nature of bhagavan so the nature of i is revealed to be none other than the nature of bhagavan this is why it is mahavakya it's and what ashvalayana says is mahavakya 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 all the way all the way mahavakya and so evam viditva and paramatma roopam viditva so getting acquainted with the lord in this manner then when you get acquainted with the lord what will you say namaste bhagavan namaste astu or will you shake hands how will you greet bhagavan hmm how will you greet will you will you you know will you do namaskar will you offer a flower how will you greet just the same way as you greet yourself because that bhagavan is is you so evam paramatma roopam gyatva how you know ahameva idam sarvam iti you know ahameva idam sarvam iti gyatva paramatma roopam in this manner knowing the nature of bhagavan as the truth as verily the truth of oneself what happens what's the next line what happens हाँ परमात्मा रूपम ज्ञातवा एंड ऑफ कोर्स द नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन इज किधर है वेर इज दिस परमात्मा गुहा शयम स्लीपिंग ओ आई शुड डिस्टर्ब राइट नाउ गुहायाम शेते इति गुहाशय यू नो एंड सो आई शुड स्लीप बिकॉज भगवान इज स्लीपिंग आई शुड डिस्टर्ब भगवान बिकॉज भगवान इज स्लीपिंग वे गुहायाम विच गुहा विच गुहा buddhau in your very buddhi this is the beauty of it guha means buddhi guha means gufa what is gufa cave in the dark cave of the buddhi covered by tamas with the bats of rajas restlessly flying around bats of doubt with the stalactites and stalagmites of despair and hopelessness dampness of tamas 
in that very cave bhagavan shines but the shine is missed why because i'm searching everywhere else for the shine i'm trying to search for that light with a flashlight <laughs> and this that i am the self shining and i shine and because everything shines after me is totally missed because i am going everywhere in search of this except myself so guha shayam let us see what the how the tika resolves guha shayam very nice compound guhayam shete it should be let us see if uh, any other yeah buddhi shayanam yeah same thing yeah so guhayam shete means the one that sleeps in the cave which cave buddhi cave yeah bhagavan is sleeping means what why is bhagavan sleeping that is my question Mangalarti is not yet performed why is bhagavan sleeping because the sleeping person huh there is no doing there is no doing very good yeah yeah but here yes because of ignorance correct both of you are correct but the thing is here we are not talking of the ignorance evam viditva gnyatva so the one who already knows the one who is already knows that's a better explanation bhagavan is akarta so sleeping but but also let us look at it this way bhagavan the the sleeping person is not in a hurry to go anywhere correct yeah if bhagavan is awake then you start thinking okay maybe it, the bhagavan will depart maybe the lord will depart from the buddhi so here one can be fully confident that the sleeping bhagavan who is akarta who is here to stay because this is a buddhi that has been you know the where the 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 light of bhagavan has been sh- you know shining in this intellect and so in this what was previously a guha is a well lit place now and reveals the sleeping anantashayanam you know is is uh, sleeping vishnu vishnu doesn't sleep if vishnu slept the world would resolve yeah <laughs> means shayane sarvam bibharti effortlessly you know takes care of everything shayane sarvam bibharti shayanam bibharti sleeping sleeping takes care of everything meaning effortless doesn't start you know complaining to lakshmi yeah right there keep pressing the leg every everywhere because i'm hurting aaj bahut sara kaam kiya i have worked so much today <laughs> i have had a hard day why because too many complaining jeevas no sleeping means effortless akarta abhogta the sleeping person neither eats nor does anything no bhoga bhoga no no karma akarta bhagavan sleeping right here as you in the intellect so even though you may be doing everything it is powered by that akarta bhagavan alone so therefore you can say i go i come happily i eat i sleep while falsifying that eating sleeping yeah that same that famous two verses in the bhagavad gita pashyan uh, you know shrinvan swapan shwasan all these things eating drinking sleeping going coming you know navadware pure dehi naiva kurvan nakarayan this this dehi the indweller of the body which is bhagavan neither does nor causes anything to be done yeah purishete iti purushah that is another this thing that same shaya is very beautifully this thing because earlier it was said purushoham ashvalayana said in his reflection and here that purusha is unpacked guha shayam purusha purishete the one who sleeps in the city and here the city is nothing but the intellect yeah so guha shayanam so the, the akarta bhagavan is stretched out another reason why bhagavan is in the sleeping mode lying down mode is because the lying down person occupies a lot of space correct yeah the bhagavan is not like you know sankuchita like you know sitting like this in one corner of the buddhi is stretched out and is nicely occupying the entire buddhi pura so beautiful so beautiful in 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 the buddhi of the gnani bhagavan occupies the entire buddhi that is why 
Shayanam. See, the more you see, the more meanings you get. It's so beautiful. <coughs> then what? Nishkalam Nirgataha Kalaha Yasmat. So from which all the Kalas have de departed. In the Prashnopanishad, there are all these uh, 16 aspects. Shodasha Kala Purusha, you know, they say that 16 aspects to the perfect person. Only avatars have it. Other, all the other people have 15. All the other, you know, people, jivas, etc., can only have 15. The 16th one is Bhagavan. Shodasha Kala Purusha. Bhagavan or Jnanis. You know, sometimes when the sannyasi passes away, when the sannyasi leaves the body and attains what is called Mahasamadhi, everybody else, you know, goes into Samadhi. Sannyasi goes into Mahasamadhi means a Samadhi out of which they don't return, you know, from which the returning doesn't happen is called Mahasamadhi. When the sannyasi drops the body, they, they invite 16 people. For the, for the sake of this Shodashakala, only the 16 aspects, you know, Bhakti, Shraddha, so many aspects are given. They all have certain technical names. And so these 16 aspects are, uh, you know, invoked in 16 sadhus. It is called Shodashi ceremony. And on the 16th days, six, uh, 16th day of the passing, 16 sadhus are invited and, and fed 16 dishes and given, each one is given 16 presents. Yeah, this is how you honor the passing of a sadhu. Because that number 16, the 16 means the perfect Purusha. The perfect Purusha means Bhagavan here. And here this Bhagavan sleeping, Nishkala, Nishkalaha, meaning even the Kalas are not there because there is no form. Sleeping, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 the all manifestations, that which upholds all the manifestations and that which upholds all the Kalas is without any Kala, is not confined to any Kala. So it's non-separate from all the kalas. It upholds all the aspects without itself being any one aspect. Okay, nishkalam, and how many bhagavans? Advitiyam, non-separate from oneself. Non-separate from oneself. And then samastha sakshim. Actually, this is not grammatically. This is a Vedic form. Actually, it should be sakshinam. Sakshinam, it should be second case. Sakshim Chandasam, we don't try to correct that. Chandasam, we let it be. Samastha Sakshim, the witness of everything. Samastha means everything. Sadasad Vihinam, Vihinam, devoid of. Devoid of the distinction of Sat and Asat. Oh, here in the Tika, by the way, small note, we, before we uh, proceed further, in the Tika, the name of the 16 Kalas are given. Does anybody want to know? 16 Kalas are this. Prana, Shraddha, Kham, Vayu, jo so, so five elements. Kham, Vayu, Jyotihi, Apaha, Prithivi. Five elements, five. And then you have Prana, six. Shraddha, seven. And Indriyam, you know, Indriyam is the organs of action, 8, and then Manaha, 9, Annam, food, 10, Viryam, the capacity to create, etc., um, Viryam, 11, Tapaha, 12, and then uh, Mantra, Karma, Loka, Nama. These are the 16. Mantra, Karma, Loka, Nama, these are the 16th given in the Prashnopanishad. Yeah. So, Advitiyam means that which is without a second. That which is without a second. And everything in the universe, Advitiyam, next word, I am just backtracking a little bit. Everything in the universe is divided into, you know, what is that, has three kinds of Constriction. And what are the constrictions? Time-wise, Time space-wise, object-wise. Object you know? So, Advitiya means there is no constriction by time, there is no constriction by space, there is no constriction about being one object or another object. Then there are three more constrictions which we have to look. 
you know, vijatiya bheda. Those constrictions are called, you know, time-wise, space-wise, object-wise, one set of constrictions are absent. Here, there are three more constrictions that one has to be aware of. That Brahman doesn't have and the person who knows Brahman also is free of. What is that? Svajatiya bheda. Vijatiya bheda. Svagata bheda. Svajatiya means like you have, uh, you, you know, you have, uh, first let's take Vijatiya bheda. There is, you know, so many, if you say tree, then which tree? Mango tree, plum tree, apricot tree, peach tree, correct? So many trees. This is called Vijatiya bheda. So then the mango tree suffers from not being the peach tree, correct? Yeah. So the mango tree suffers the limitation of not being any other kind of tree. So within that tree jati, you know, there are so many, uh, you know, differences. This is called Swajatiya Bheda. Even in the jati or the species called tree, there is mango this, that. And then the mango tree has another suffering. What is that? It is not at once mountain, stream, rock or human being. Correct? So, the, the, this is called Vijatiya Bheda. It's not unlike, it, it does not occupy other jatis and even within its own jati, it suffers because it is limited by being only mango tree. It cannot become plum tree also at the same time. Some These days, of course, everything is confused. Yeah, yeah all these cross, uh, you know, what is that, hybrid, uh, you know, fruit trees are there. Somebody said, this is blue art. I said, what? Blue art, half plum, half apricot, blue art, yeah. And so like this they create new new fruits, you know, and uh, I tasted one slice of that which somebody brought and it was really confusing, you know, because <laughs> my Indriyas did not know what to make of it. <laughs> blue art. And so like this, of course, but usually, you know, mango tree means mango only it will bear, correct? And so, like this, this is Svajatiya Bheda, the mango tree is not at once a peach tree. Vijatiya Bheda, the mango tree is not a human being. And then Svagata Bheda, Svagata Bheda means what? The mango tree has so many branches, correct? Yeah. If that one tree has many branches, that many branches have many, <coughs> many small, small branches. And those many branches have many leaves and roots and trunk, all these body parts. So itself it is divided into many body parts and then there are other competition from things like it and then there are other things that constrict it from things unlike it. These are the three Bhedas and Brahman doesn't have Swajatiya Bheda. Are there other Brahmans, big Brahman, small Brahman, little Brahman, baby Brahman, adult Brahman? No. So even with, you know, and then it doesn't have anything. A Brahman cannot come and tell Brahman, you, 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 you are an idiot, correct? What is Abrahman? Not Brahman. So if Abrahman comes and tells Brahman, you are limited. What to say? You know? What will happen then? Because Abrahman also, ha if there is Abrahman, what will it depend on? Brahman, Brahman alone. <laughs> because nothing else is there which is Abrahman. Correct? Yeah, nothing else is there. Supposing Abrahman comes and challenges Brahman to a match, what will Abrahman depend on if there is such a character called Abrahman? Brahman alone. Because that is the source of all existence. So if Abrahman comes charging at Brahman, you know, it's like Mithya coming charging at Satyam. Correct? Yeah. If Mithya charges at Satyam, Satyam is not afraid. It's like your dream has come to attack you. You're not afraid. <laughs> you know, it's a dream. Attack you in the waking state. That too. Yeah, you have to mention that. So the dream, you know, the dream karma has come to attack you. The dream robber has come to steal from you in the waking state. You're not afraid. Because you are awake to this understanding, to the knowledge that all that was a dream. So there is nothing other than Brahman. There is nothing like Brahman. And how many parts is Brahman made up of? Sixteen, correct? We just read the names. No. <laughs> Even itself doesn't have any parts. Impartite. In fact, the word impartite is no longer in the dictionary. 
because we are so used to parts. Yeah, it is not there. So if you write impartite in a word document, it will tell you that it's a mistake. It will underline it in red. So, but it is a word, you know. Impartite means that which is not subject to svagata bheda, impartite. So this is what is called advayam, that which does not suffer from svajatiya bheda, vijatiya bheda and svagata bheda rahitam. Samastha sakshim, like I said, samastha sakshinam, sarvadrashtaram, that which is the seer of everything, itself is unseen by anything, itself not an object, it's the subject. And then what? Sadasad vihinam, devoid of sat and asat. Bhava abhava vivarjitam, tadeva niravadyam. Bhava and abhava, you see, bhava means what? Something that exists is called bhava. And then abhava means what? Absence. So presence and absence. So the relative presence and absence of objects is what causes sorrow, correct? To the subject. Why? Because the subject doesn't know that I am not dependent on the objects for my well-being. In fact, my own well-being, I self-generate my well-being in the form of ānanda and my ānanda is manifest in the form of or in the contact with these objects. So the coming and the going of the objects leaves no residue on me, correct? Mm -hmm. So the subject who knows this is not worried about the, 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 the presence or the absence of the objects. Yeah. So sadasad means the relative sat and asat, the relative presence and absence of the mithya objects, the one who depends on sat doesn't matter. So if 500 mithya objects are there, you know, or if, if 4 of them go away or 400 of them go away, there is no sorrow. If 500 more come, there is no extra joy because the jnani is like an ocean. The end of the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita says this. Apuryamanam achala pratishtham. Apuryamanam means the one who is totally full, like the ocean. Achala pratishtham. Whose pratishtha is that from that to, you know, unmoving, unchanging uh, knowledge of the self. And then, like that, the jnani is like an ocean. The ocean does not depend on the rivers for its water, correct? For its source of water. So if a few rivers decide to come and join, the ocean doesn't have, throw a party. Come on guys, I was waiting for you, what is happening? And if a few rivers, because of global warming, dry up and do not join the ocean, the ocean doesn't mourn and say, oh, those rivers were so nice, now I am no longer popular, they are not coming to me anymore, correct? Yeah. Apuryamanam achala pratishtam samudram apaf pravishanti yadvat. Just like the waters enter the ocean, tadvat kamaha pravishanti sarve. Like that, all desires enter and leave the jnani without causing any you know, disturbance. Sashanti mapnoti, that is the person who has the shanti, an absolute shanti, an absolute freedom from all disturbance. Knowing that I am, there is no nothing other than me. Na kama kami, not the desirer of desires. So here the desires also are, you know, are such that if they enter, if the objects of desire enter the life of the jnani, the jnani is unmoved, whether they are there or not there, how many are there, how many went, how many came. Yeah. The ocean has several shades, sometimes restless ocean. Sometimes calm ocean, sometimes tsunami ocean. So whatever changes that you see in the jnani or one attributes to the jnani, it is at the level of the ocean, this oceanic surface itself. It is not, it does not change what the, the jnani knows. Yeah. Just because the restlessness has come, the ocean doesn't change, correct? Yeah. It's just a, a superimposition upon the name and form called ocean. That's all it is. So to here. You know, we have to see this very beautiful that sadasad vihinam bhava abhava vivarjitam. Bhava abhava vivarjitam means it is not an existence that is time bound. 
if it is an existence that is time bound then we have to worry but here the existence is not time bound at all and if it is not time bound what is there you know all that is there is that the the ultimate existence and the relative absence and presence we don't you know worry about so this paramatma roopam prayati evam viditva prayati prakarshena yati definitely goes without any problem goes where goes attains goes means there is no going attains the the, the nature of bhagavan paramatma swarupam prayati and then what is this nature of bhagavan guhashayam that which abides in the buddhi free of all aspects and free of the second said so no second thing is not there the witness of everything the one that is not disturbed by the relative absence or presence of things and then one who is shuddha shuddha means free of papa and punya shuddha prayati shuddha paramatma roopam paramatma roopam is is uh, repeated because there are four lines and many adjectives so you may forget so therefore it is repeated at the beginning and the end in case you cannot believe it so prayati paramatma roopam and evam viditva paramatma roopam viditva paramatma roopam prayati see this is the connection paramatma roopam viditva having known the 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 the, uh, the nature of bhagavan becomes bhagavan this is a mahavakya paramatma roopam that's why paramatma roopam is repeated twice paramatma roopam viditva paramatma roopam eva prayati becomes paramatma after knowing paramatma roopam no other place you can say this correct like i said the microbiology teacher doesn't become a microbe why because they studied microbiology very well but the knower of brahman is brahman brahma vid brahmaiva bhavati yeah the knower of brahman before they knew brahman was also brahman but now they know i am brahman and so this is the only place where you can say the 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 knowledge the the, the subject matter of the knowledge is non separate from the subject the subject merges with the subject matter that's why it's called subject matter mm-hmm. it's a matter that pertains to the nature of the subject mm-hmm. so so the, the the knower merges with the subject matter the subject merges with the subject matter there is nothing other than that so the that which is the mode of the instrument of learning which is the shruti and the mode of learning which is the pramana handled by the guru and the student all of them are just falsified they come together as one they are all one so knowing the nature of parmatma is of no use you know you can chant sahasranamas 108 names 1008 names you can say you know indra chandra devendra you are the best east or west you can make all these names of praise you can you can sit and do worship but always there is this feeling of longing which is why people cry in worship when am i going to see you when am i going to become you that is what it is that 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 separation is there in the worship and that's why i say self knowledge is the highest form of worship because it removes the separation through that knowledge the, the prasada of the knowledge is is removal of this separation between the worshipper and the worship worshiped the object of worship is revealed as none other than the, the worshipper you know and then you know atma puja that's all it is it is all atma puja it is self worship really there is nothing other than the self and so therefore here only you can say with alacrity paramatma roopam viditva gaining the nature of paramatma you become paramatma nowhere else you can say this and and this is how i don't know how the dual uh, the 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 uh, dualists gain any other meaning i mean this is so clear paramatma roopam viditva paramatma roopam yati attains this there is no other meaning that can be assigned but then you know there are so many schools of thought and so many ways you are a part of god you are a spark of god it is just very clear that in those theologies one's own subjectivity has come in the way because what the upanishad teaches should be stark clear there is no way to distort it unless one's mind is wanting to look for something else then you look for it from your own subjective view point and then you know 
But see, the thing is, somebody asked, why are Advaitins against Dvaita? I said, we are not against Dvaita. Dvaita is perfect. Yes, worshipper is not separate, is separate from the worshipped. Yes, I, I feel time bound. And yes, I feel, you know, like worshipping. Yes, I worship. And I am invoking the object of worship as separate from me. Perfect. You can say, the, the ocean, the wave can say, I am born of the ocean. I am sustained by the ocean. I, I in ocean I resolve perfect the wave can also say I am part of the ocean no problem but if the wave is ready to come to me I will say there is one more way of looking at this and it's not just one more way of looking at it the, the, there is a way to look at it where you transcend your waveness because your waveness is the cause of your wavering you know as a jiva <laughs> whether you are a wave or a wavering jiva you need this knowledge if the wave is ready for the knowledge I will validate its experience. I am not going to say you are just Bhagavan only. No. You have you, had a hard life. Yes. I will validate its experience and falsify it also. This is the truth. You dismiss that after validating the experience. You understand the experience in the light of this knowledge. And then the point of view can be accommodated in the view. So I am separate from God. Point of view from where one is in the state of ignorance. I am a part of God point of view. The point of view can be accommodated in the view. But the view that you are the whole it transcends the point of view. Correct? If the point, the point of view can be appreciated. No problem. But if the point of view masquerades as the view, then the view is lost. Yeah. Then you keep searching for the view. That's what it is. And nobody is happy invoking Bhagavan as the, uh, the ruler of the universe. The happiness comes for a little bit because the puja, there is a certain kind of a obfuscation of the person who is doing the puja. In bhajan, there is an obfuscation of the subject-object. So that resolution is there. But here we don't need any experience to give this resolution. The resolution is your nature. Non-duality is your nature. It is revealed through the cognition so that even when one is in duality, it does not bother you. You don't have to run away to some quiet place. Living in the Jagat, you are free from disturbance. Why? Because you know, I am that Bhagavan alone. The form may differ, the name may differ. And after I know I am Bhagavan, I still have to deal with this limping finite body, finite mind, finite senses. I know that. But then what? I am not bothered because I know the truth of myself. I am not taking myself to be finite. So therefore, Paramatma Rupam Viditva Kutra Gachati Paramatma Rupam Eva Gachati and, and then Shuddham means that which is clear of Papa Punya, that which is clear of all kinds of doubts, this knowledge Shuddham Paramatma Rupam Eti means the knowledge of Paramatma is free of doubt free of vagueness, free of error. So one who has internalized this knowledge completely goes to Paramatma or becomes Paramatma, discovers the Paramatma in oneself. So with this, the, the, the teaching portion is concluded, correct? Yeah. And if one is Ashvalayana, one should get up and then write a sutra because we have Ashvalayana sutras and some mantras also we have by the sage Ashvalayana. And if one still feels, okay, how do I, what do I do now? Okay, one month course is ending. How do I make sure that this knowledge stays with me? How do I understand this? The Upanishad has a upaya. Upaya means a, a kind of an aid. An aid. And what is this aid? What is, who is this aid for first? For the one who feels, I don't, I did not get the whole thing. I still did not understand properly what was being said. I have not understood properly. Why? Because even after the knowledge is given, there are blocks, there, are, there is resistance, there is subjectivity perhaps. If it's not there, this is not addressed to them. But for those who have that, in smaller or greater measure, some sadhana is prescribed, described. And here, one of the greatest sadhanas is described. And already we had sadhana because as I said, unusually this began with a meditation, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it began with a meditation. And what was the meditation? You know, Uma Sahayam Parameshwaram Prabhum. You know, Hrit Pundarikam Virajam Vishuddham. 
you know dhyatva munir gachati all this was talked about you know in the lotus space of the heart visualize bhagavan don't visualize the formless because how are you going to visualize the formless that is you so you visualize with the form whose essential truth is formless correct and then so you visualize with the form and then you do a mental worship and then you continue to you know do the nama japa and the nama japa we described earlier is like the soap that rubs off the debris that clears the debris of of strong preferences blocks and desires which makes the way for you know this knowledge now the one may have this is something very interesting one may have a lot of desire for this knowledge you know like one may keep asking when is the next one month course and when was one asking people started to ask last week itself oh only one week is le- left when is the next one month course i said let us survive this week we will see you know so like this the jigyasa may be strong when is the next course how can i continue with this knowledge the jigyasa may be strong and then one the, the desire to study is there and the opportunities also let us say are there you know if not this some other course comes up somewhere else and something happens and one is able to study let us say but then the opportunity is there the desire is there but somehow the opportunity and the desire don't click together why what happens because of what there is only one factor that 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 makes things join and things the sanyoga and the vyoga of opportunities with the person who uh, with the people what is the only thing that either uh, you know facilitates it or destroys that opportunity right all might come together huh karma karma it's a yeah prarabdha karma one's own karma what is karma don't think it is just some dispensation by god god is not running some dispensary you know yeah karmic dispensary you take this bitter pill oh you over there you look good you come here i'll give you some placebo you have the no god is not running bhagavan is not running a dispensary not some kind of dispensation of favors or disastrous effects when i say karma what is that it's a law the law that is handled by bhagwan but what is the content of the law the content of the law is your own doings yeah asmin janmani janmantare va either in this birth or in other births and they become the obstacles your own mind becomes an obstacle your own life becomes an obstacle like this you know so many people in the in fact some people were uh, registered for this one month course right at the beginning the notice went out and then in a few hours later so many emails came and they said please register me and then we never saw neither hide nor hair of them you know they didn't even end up taking the first class why karma pratibandha these are called pratibandhas obstacles obstacles to learning come from you know three sources everything all obstacles have three sources that's why we say three three times shanti at the end adhideva adhidaivikam forces beyond my control like you know sickness or something that happens accident forces that are way beyond my control first source of pratibandha obstacles and the second source is what adhibhautikam adhibhuta forces in my own surroundings like the internet not working on some days <laughs> some people had that problem forces in my own surroundings adhibhuta bhuta bhautika forces means elements and the elementals and then finally adhyatmika adhi atma atmanam adhikritya tishthati adhyatma adhyatma or adhyatmika means forces that come from within my own self within my own body mind sense complex these are the three fold what should i say obstacles these are the three fold uh, sources of obstacles and even though the sources are nicely neatly class- classified there actually there is only one source which is one's own karma 
one's own omissions and commissions from the last life come in the form of obstacles to to gain what i really want yeah and therefore we have in the vedic tradition the most powerful prayer of atonement the most powerful prayer of atonement and this prayer is now given to us in the last verse to be able to overcome the obstacles so that one can continue to assimilate the knowledge to assimilate what one ha- what one has studied and to continue to expose oneself to the study also and this prayer is given with with the uh, you know with the hope that all the resistances within without this side that side from past life from this life everything goes so this is a prayer of atonement and that is what is described in the next uh, uh, mantra we will see that now yashatharudriyam adhite adhiyate yashatharudriyam adhiyate yashatharudriyam adhiyate sogniputo bhavati sogniputo bhavati surapanat puto bhavati surapanat puto bhavati brahma hatyat puto bhavati brahma hatyat puto bhavati krita krityat puto bhavati krita krityat puto bhavati tasmad avimukta shrito bhavati tasmad avimukta वेरी पॉवरफुल प्रेयर कॉल्ड शतरुद्रिया और श्री रुद्रम this is the most powerful prayer of atonement that is offered because all obstacles you know we cannot blame the family members correct we cannot say the wife is not letting me study the husband is not letting me study the children are not letting me study because who is the wife husband children parents you know who are they they are just karma phala <laughs> your own karma phala <laughs> so you cannot blame anybody you cannot say the neighbors are drilling and making noise and therefore i cannot hear you cannot blame anybody this is the beauty of growing self growth and the beginning baby steps of self growth is where you stop blaming others and where you stop blaming yourself you have entered the door of spirituality no self criticism no criticism of others either so therefore this shatarudriyam this shata uh, the shri rudram or shatarudriyam as it is called it is a powerful prayer of atonement because it teaches acceptance it teaches acceptance of what is how by saying the word namaha 100 times you know more than 100 times and namaha 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 means surrender surrender to what is it teaches surrender in the face of those powerful ragadveshas which come in the way yeah so they, they, this is a very powerful prayer and you know there are tapes from which you can listen and if you keep listening you will get it and it's a wonderful thing to even if you can't chant yourself to listen to this every day this is what is going to save from all those obstacles because the only prayer now because when one becomes a jignasu the only prayer is let no obstacles come yeah mama brahma nirakarot that's what it is maham brahma nirakuryam may i never turn away from brahman how can you turn away from brahman the one who is turning happens to be brahman correct but here it is just a metaphorical meaning may i never turn my back to the knowledge of brahman i here means the ahankara mama brahma nirakarot may my psychological baggage never make me feel that god has abandoned me ha ah. let me take care of all that so therefore this shatarudriyam becomes a powerful penance of atonement 
for all the things that one has done which one doesn't know what one has done in the last life why this karma is coming but one thing we can do is create new karma to offset the effects of those karma and so what that is all about we will take a very short break you know and then we will continue with this om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate om shanti 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 hari hi om shri gurubhyo namaha hari hi om